When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for hockey and basketball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Go get that first down and get a touchdown. Rock em, suck em. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer. I'm joined by Judd Zolgat of 1500 ESPN's Mackey and Judd Morning Show and the return of Ben Gessling of ESPN.com. I remember a couple weeks ago, Ben, we said you were going to become a fixture of this podcast and then... We just didn't have you on for three weeks. Well, you know, I was I was holding out for more money, and That's now that like, I got oh. now that I my demands have been met, I'm back and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad we could work that out. What they couldn't work out is a deal with Mike Wallace. Apparently, eleven and a half million dollars uh, being let go by the Minnesota Vikings on Tuesday. That was kind of foreseen. Uh, really, all the moves so far have been kind of foreseen with the Vikings. They re-sign a guy like Anderson Deho who that initial cap figure can worry some people or the the deal, but really you find out, as Ben, you reported, it's not too big of a deal. Um, so it shouldn't preclude them from going after other options on the market, but they stick to the script. They re-sign uh, guys like Adam Thielen. Uh, they re-sign their own free agents. They've got 11 left, including Chad Greenway and Terrence Newman. Uh, those will be remain to be seen in terms of who they bring back. Guys, I want to open it up first and foremost and just ask you, Ben, off the top. Every year. The Vikings, you, you throw out the cap figure, they've got X amount of space to work with, and every year people are expecting them probably to go after the biggest names. Who do you expect them to actually be in the market for? Well, I, I think the, the M.O. has kind of been established here the last few years. I mean, certainly the M.O. has been established in what we, I guess, can call Rick Spielman 2.0 after he became the GM and started to do the, the build-from-within thing more than – I mean, they, they used to – throw around a fair amount of money in free agency back when you were on the beat Judd and it seems like maybe that's what people are still expecting them to go back to they're certainly not the Packers in the sense that they won't go to it at all but I don't expect that they're going to do a ton of big splashy things in free agency what I do expect is that they will 
do what they've done the last couple of years and go after guys that Mike Zimmer already knows, guys that can help that defense. You know, the the two safeties from Cincinnati, Georgia Loca and Reggie Nelson, they're in on both of those guys. They've inquired on Adam Jones. I'm not quite sure where that one fits, but the overall point is that I think the the guys that they want to go to, and, and Mike Zimmer said this at the Combine, are the guys that they sort of already know, and the more that they can reduce the chance of whiffing on somebody, the better off they're going to be. And they kind of just did that a little bit with Mike Wallace, didn't they, to a point? Not in yeah. terms of not knowing him personally, I guess, because that wasn't the complaint with him, but just his style of play and how, whether it would fit. Yeah, and what we heard when they drafted or they when they traded for Mike Wallace, it was almost a year ago tonight when yeah. you and I were uh, hanging out at Manny's Steakhouse. Michael Johnson, right? Yes, the defensive end. Yes, it was the same one. night as the Michael Johnson visit. Came yeah, short on that one. They, yeah. yeah, I think you threw out the theory earlier that there may be a Manny's Jinx. There's a Manny Jinx. Yeah, <laughs> Danny and Tomlinson was part of the Jinx. T.J. Hushmanzili. Hushmanzada uh, actually stayed the Hilton. I don't know if Manny's. I think Manny's was still <laughs> God, in the, good commercial. <laughs> the hotel down the street at the time. Uh, but who is the other one that we came up with? T.J. Uh, who's your mama? Uh, LT. Yeah, so they're they're Isn't they're one and three. Yeah, because Tomlinson Johnson. And Hushmanzada, yeah. who all went downtown, said no. Greg Jennings got the Manning treatment and said yes, and, and that was sort of a bust. So the theory was that the Vikings might want to take free agents now out to wine and dine them and put them up just in Eden Prairie because that at least might be better luck. You know what actually probably got it done for Greg Jennings is the uh, solo limo ride from Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport to Manny's with – the man who has the gift of gab, offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave. Is that what it was? <laughs> a little. He, he hey, picked him up by himself. Jennings a little had the sarcasm there. To play <laughs> with Christian Ponder, okay. And after you played with Aaron Rodgers for a while, you're like, yeah, this is okay, but I'm a star, man. I can make Christian Ponder into a great quarterback. I will never forget standing, and I'll, I'll keep this quick because people probably don't care about Greg Jennings and Bill Musgrave anymore, but. I will never forget standing outside Winter Park that day. Dan Weederer and I were both kind of on stakeout. At Winter Park that day, and we saw Bill Musgrave getting a limo by himself. And you know, and anybody who knows Bill Musgrave knows he's not the the greatest socialite in the world. He gets in the car by himself, and Dan and I both kind of go, "Are they gonna make it so that the first guy he sees in Minnesota is Bill Musgrave with nobody else there?" And then a couple months later, Dan writes a big story on Greg Jennings. I think it was the story where Jennings ripped Aaron Rodgers. In the course of that story, he talked about that. And said, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, I got in the car with him, and I didn't really know what to expect, and then it got better later. But I think Jennings said something in his press conference about that initially. Like, the initial vibe wasn't good, but then it got better. <laughs> and like, he was totally referring to Musgrave. So maybe it was so weird that it worked, and maybe they need to go back to that. Well, I did like the salesman job, too. One, one more story on Greg. It was the playground build. Uh, it would have been like a couple months after they signed him. And um, he says, yeah, I just watched a lot of Christian Ponder tape, and that's really what sold me in on it. <laughs> Like, all right, man. That'll, I need the glasses. That'll do all it right. for anybody. It want it? Clear. All right. I do think, though, uh, to Ben's point, the Rick Spielman that we've seen as the GM of this team, though, is definitely a guy who either went to school on or comes very close to Ted Thompson. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't want to build a team through the, the open market. He wants to build a team through the draft, and he wants to build a team by taking the draft picks he signs and signing them to second contracts. And every once in a while – They'll dip aggressively into free agency to do what? Sign a 25- or 26-year-old coming out of his first contract, which I like a lot. It was, if you guys recall, it was Brad Childress who, when the Wolves bought the team and hired Brad in uh, 2000, January 2006 after firing Mike Tice, it was Childress who was the one, because he had control of the, of the 53-man roster and was the de facto GM, he's the one who wanted to go get, if you go back to that 2006 free agent class, Steve Hutchinson, 
Ryan Longwell, Chester Taylor, Lieber. And so Brad's the one who, when given the ability, wanted to either make a Jared Allen-type trade and sign a guy yeah. for a lot or go into free agency. Rick's theory very much seems to be we're going to build the team through the draft, and if we can supplement some guys through free agency, that's fine. I like that. The Mike Wallace thing to me, by the way, I congratulate the Vikings on this. That was a very low-risk move. It was it basically brought a player in making a ton of money, but you've got a quarterback in Bridgewater who's what? On his first contract. So you got one year to see, and you always said to yourself, he's never going to come back in, in 2016 on the salary, which he's not. That was a great move because if it works, fantastic. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's no big deal. Yeah, all along when he came over on that trade, Mike Wallace, I think we all viewed it as a one-year deal. You kind of just saw, okay, this is going to be something where he's going to have to prove his worth, and then if he's going to stay, they're going to have to rework a deal, and obviously that didn't work out. That $11 million, though, coincidentally frees up $11 million for Matt Khalil, who is going to be earning that on a fifth-year option. I believe it was Jeremy Fowler at ESPN uh, reported today on Tuesday of this week that Matt Khalil is expected to remain on the Vikings. I don't know, Ben, was it clear if he meant on the fifth year or possibly reworking that deal? No, I mean, I think he just meant that it's going to be probably on the fifth year deal. Okay, I, yeah. I mean, really, if you're Matt Khalil, there's no incentive to do it. You're right. Because Bet you either yourself. say cut me or pay me my fifth year option that's going to be guaranteed tomorrow. I mean, if you're, and I think we've talked about this whole idea with Khalil on this podcast before. If you are going to get him to come off of that number, you have to throw some guaranteed money his way, and it has to be over probably a couple of years of security because otherwise he's going to say, you know what, I'm going to play for this 11-1 this year, and we'll see where I go, and I hit the open market next year, and if I have a good year, guess what? You're going to have to back the truck up to keep me. Yeah, and if you're the Vikings, you're not sure you want to commit beyond one year, right, yeah. just given yeah. what he's shown. So I think, yeah, that's that's kind of the course that was expected. So. I guess the title of this podcast should be As Expected. Um, other it's than, a favorite phrase of this radio station, is it not? <laughs> it used to be. Um, <laughs> with the Vikings moving forward, Ben, Chad Greenway, Terrence Newman, uh, Matt Asiata, they've got a few guys who have contributed to this team that are free agents uh, still with 24 hours left before the market opens. Who do you expect them to re-sign uh, before that window, and who do you think will test the open market? You know, I... I don't know how many of those guys will get done before okay. the start of the market. I mean, I actually had a chance to talk with Chad Greenway a little bit earlier today, and he said, I've, I've had some interest. I've had more interest than I thought I would have from a couple teams. I mean, his preference is still to be here. There's course, no question about yeah. that. But I don't get the sense that he's in a huge hurry. I mean, Terrence Newman probably is a similar kind of thing where, I mean, I think these are both guys that have sort of said, I want to be here. I don't really want to be anywhere else. And I think – they're probably in situations where they're going to wait a little bit. I mean, if anybody's going to really, truly test the market, I guess Matt Asiata is probably the guy because if you're sitting there saying, I mean, it's not going to be a, a lot of big money, but you're sitting there saying, okay, if I can get a chance to to be more than a, a blocking back, this is my last shot to do it. So, um, you know, that, that would be the guy to me that if anybody's going to get out and possibly sign with somebody else, that might be the guy. Well, maybe Mike Harris, too, actually. Uh, Mike Harris, apparently, uh, the Vikings are not necessarily close uh, or have agreed, excuse me, uh, on a deal with Mike Harris, who could be a free agent in 24 hours. Mike Harris has started 22 games for the Vikings over the last two years, uh, both at guard and tackle. That's somebody you think they would value and want to bring back. You see Kalechi Osemele, or Kanechi, wow, what was his name? Kalechi Osemele. I, I, I was taking 
to play yes. for Baltimore. Baltimore is not going to make a ton of, money in, signs, ton of money in Oakland. I believe, he's making, 10 or 11, I believe he's making 10 or 11 million over. That's going to peak interest for a what guy like Mike What do you guys think Harris. about this? What if their ultimate goal would be to potentially find a left guard, move Fusco back to right guard? And, and we, we talked about this on the show today, Kramer. But, you know, I just keep coming back to the fact that uh, Brandon Fusco is a good right guard. And he really struggled at left guard. And I don't know. It Part of this depends on what they thought clearly the chemistry with Khalil was. But it would be intriguing to me if you shored up those guard spots, got one more year from load hold at right tackle, and even if Berger plays center, it seems to me that there would be more stability if you could get those guard uh, spots set. And they might be set by having Fusco back on his natural side. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea. And we talked about it a little bit this morning too, just that when they were at their best on that line was when you had Fusco and Lodholt on the right side. And whether you can recreate that, we'll have to see. But the the Fusco on the left side thing didn't really work last year. So part of me wonders if the Mike Harris thing, and yes, they are a ways apart at this point, part of me wonders if that is let's get him signed to a deal that if he ends up being a backup, if he ends up being a swing guy, that we're still okay paying him what we're paying him. We're not sitting here paying him more money than we want to be paying him if he's not going to be a starter. But at the same time, we also have seen the Vikings do this a couple times. And you and I, I think we're talking about this earlier today. They've had a couple times where they've had guys that, they, you know, agents said, yeah, we're, we're a ways apart. Nothing's getting done. And then all of a sudden they, they come in at the last second and say, okay, here's the deal you want. And that probably makes good sense to do that. I, it may make people upset in, in the, in terms of engendering goodwill, but it also probably keeps costs down. So they could be doing that too. Uh, and I think that's just kind of how deals are done. I mean, right? <laughs> Deadlines <laughs> for action. Exactly. One say. side is going to come down the way they want, and one side is going to come down the other. So I think with Mike Harris, yeah, that's something where I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. It's like a Joe Berger deal last year where yeah. you kind of have a guy that is such a good utility player but may not be a kind of top-end long-term starter that you want. Um, and what but, do people want to hear about 20 minutes into a Vikings free agency podcast but – Joe Berger and Mike Harris. Absolutely. Hey, they're important. Absolutely. Joe Berger's a lifesaver for you. Can you yeah, imagine that offensive was. line? Yeah. If Joe Berger had been a complete bust in 2015, can you imagine? Bridgewater would be dead by now. Yeah. They'd be bare, they'd be going to visit Teddy in a graveyard right now if Bridger but, had been better. But this is sort of where we're at right now, right? I, I mean, this is kind it's of where agency, the yeah. Vikings tend to go in free agency. Well, it's, it's not anything terribly exciting. But it's interesting is all this space does get freed up that there's this assumption via fans on Twitter and some in our end of the business that this means that they're going to spend. No, it doesn't. I mean, the Vikings are what they were mid-pack to start off with in salary cap room. They've got more now, and and I could very well see them making a one significant move again on defense, for instance. But this notion that well now they're gonna now what they're gonna do next is cut Khalil and go get this guy and go get a wide receiver. It's not gonna happen. It's not how they operate. And it's just never yeah. been their mo. Absolutely, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, too, let's talk about the lightning rod, Ben, since you're doing such a good job selling this podcast. is exciting. The safety position, Andrew Sandejo's contract. Judd, what was your first uh, instinct when you saw that now that we have the terms been reported, $2.5 million guaranteed? Well, my first, my first reaction before seeing the guaranteed cash was, this is weird. I'm seeing something about Sandejo re-signing. This can't be true at this money. Uh, but, <laughs> panic, panic. But immediately what I, immediately what I said was, what are the guaranteed terms? And I give the Vikings credit for this. When it comes to Sandejo, Adi Cole, guys like that, keeping core special teams guys is vitally important. And if that's what you're doing, bravo, good idea. 
odds that Sandejo is going to actually compete for a starting job. It doesn't look like that. I am so intrigued by what Zimmer said about turning Harrison Smith loose. I mean, if you have another safety that you can trust, listen, if you can do that, if you can go into the start of next season and say, Harrison, here's what we need you to do, but oh, by the way, you can do this, this, and this, then all of a sudden you're looking at Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith as these two nightmare matchups. And offenses will then have to account for those guys, and that's going to be a pain in the ass. So with that, Ben, do you think they're still in the market for safeties? What have you heard in terms of guys like George Iloka? Yeah, I think they are. But, I mean, the thing you have to think about there is, okay, you're now paying Andrew Sandejo. I mean, basically, he's going to make $4 million in 2016. If you get George Iloka, say it's $6 million, something like that, what's Harrison Smith going to want? I mean, Harrison Smith is probably going to say, okay, I need eight or nine. And then all of a sudden, you've got quite a bit of money connected to that position when you have things coming up for Xavier Rhodes in a year, basically. Sheree Floyd. Yep. Sheree Floyd. Uh, Cordell Patterson is probably not going to be a major concern in terms of paying him. But, but you know, not too far down the road, you have some of those things that you have to worry about, too. So that would be the one where I, I sort of – hedge my bets a little bit because I mean George Iloka is going to have a lot of interest tomorrow if it gets done tomorrow Reggie Nelson that's an interesting one too I mean he's an older guy but he probably comes cheaper and we've seen recently that as recently as last year that the Rick Spielman MO of signing guys going into their second contracts does not always hold sway when there's an older guy that Mike Zimmer has experience with that he thinks can still play. Yeah, in my initial instinct with somebody like Reggie Nelson is, well, why would they want to restart the process all over again? But they could, like in a few years when Nelson is getting older and retires. But I guess they could do exactly what they did with Terrence Newman. You you draft a kid that you hope can be the long-term solution, and then you bring in a veteran to take over when you see maybe a guy like Andrew Sandejo or Robert Blanton, for that matter, couldn't get it done. Uh, now, Ben, I want to dig into that Sandejo contract a little bit. You you said it's $2.5 million guaranteed. It looks to me like that's basically just he has the opportunity to earn starter money if he is, but really that's all seems to be incentive-based or non-guaranteed money? Well, there's $2.5 million guaranteed, and he's slated to make $4 million this season. So I, I haven't seen the full thing yet, but my hunch is what they've been doing with a lot of these things is they probably will do a roster bonus which basically works like a signing bonus, except you don't prorate it. So it all comes off the books this year. My hunch is they will do that, and then I think he's supposed to make $3 million in 2017, and then the rest of it you know, kind of drops from there. So I I think... It's a low-risk deal. It it is. I mean, it's probably more than you would have wanted to pay him. I mean, it's probably more than he would have gotten on the open market. But if you're sitting there saying, we don't know if we're going to be able to get one of these other safeties, we have to cover ourselves a little bit. And I did hear towards the end of the year that... He, everybody knows he's not going to be elite. We all know what he is, but I think he's not the next he's Joe Flacco. Started to build himself a little bit of credibility. I, I think they, they started to say, I mean, just to a degree of we can put this guy in here and trust that he's not going to be a train wreck. Nelson intrigues me because he understands Zimmer's system. He's a veteran, and I don't think the guy by Harrison Smith needs to be a great player. I think what he needs to be is a reliable player. Yeah. And I don't know how much I trust uh, Sandejo. And it sounds from what you're saying, Ben, like there might have been more trust as the year went on. But that being said, if you can plug in a guy who, in Nelson's case, is going to be, what, 33 next yeah. season? Yeah. And you can say, okay, you know exactly what I want from you. And by the way, your partner at safety is going to be turned loose sometimes. And Nelson doesn't screw up. 
that to me is a big upgrade. And it's not that, that Nelson's going to be great. It's that he's going to know his job and you're going to be able to count on him. The in- interesting thing to me about this entire discussion, too, when it comes to the Vikings cap and re-signing guys like Sandejo, who might have got more than we expected, is the Bridgewater component. And that's the fact that the cap has gone astronomical now. I think it's going to be, what, 155-plus for 2016. And as long as Bridgewater's on that rookie deal, you're going to have a certain flexibility that gives you a lot of freedom that's going to be gone in three years, right? Yeah, yeah. because even if you don't think Teddy Bridgewater is an elite quarterback, the mediocre quarterbacks are still getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, yeah you're, you're talking abso- eight figures a year. Yeah, you're absolutely that right. That ship has sailed. All yep. these guys are making way too much money now. one interesting component with the safety talk too with the vikings and free agency is if you're harrison smith do you wait until a guy like Iloka signs regardless of where it's at to know maybe where that kind of a market is because i mean he'd be the only top name safety on the market you know what earl thomas is worth you know what some of the other guys are worth i mean does he dictate that kind of or eric weddle for that matter i mean weddle's probably a little bit better comparison okay. but yeah, yeah i mean i think you sit there and and if you I mean, if you're Harrison Smith's agent and you see one of these other safeties go get a bunch of crazy money on the open market, you go to the Vikings and say, wait a minute, he's worth more than that. You know he is. Because he's so, on, the, yeah, he's not a free agent. He's on the roster, so he yeah. can wait as long as he wants in terms of when to agree to some kind of extension, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I would think that, that, to me, you see where things go here. I mean, I don't expect that they'll get anything done by tomorrow, but you probably get it done before the season just so that you are protected against any kind of injury. I mean, something that would take him out. I mean, like kind of like what happened to Kyle Rudolph. If he had waited, he wouldn't have signed that contract because he got hurt halfway through that Absolutely. season after he yeah, signed right. it. Yeah. So I think they get something done before or at the start of training camp, if not a little bit earlier than that. I, I don't know that there's any huge rush to go beyond that. And I would think if you're Harrison Smith, you want to see some of this crazy money come out here so that you could come back to them and say, hey, wait a minute, guys. I'm a lot better than than all these safeties that just got seven million dollars a year. Yeah, it's smart to wait for that cap, bigger cap to come through, and wait for those bigger deals to come through. Obviously, um, that's an interesting situation. I think that safety position is probably the only one that might get impacted. I don't know. Do you guys see another position that could be impacted in free agency? I thought they might bring in some linebackers with some of the names out there, um, but other than that, receiver is such a thin crop. Uh, o line potentially for me could yeah. be. Yeah, and that's the one. That's the one where they've got to find a solution there. I mean, that isn't. this is not a situation where the Vikings can come back and be like, well, we'll try this again. To me, there's got to be, there's got to be answers on the offensive line because... Hey, this is Manny Hill from the Ride with Royce. You're listening to the Purple Podcast. Obviously, that means you like the Vikings. Well, if you're also into the Wolves, you should check out the Raised by Wolves podcast where we talk all things Minnesota Timberwolves. Subscribe to us on iTunes and at the Podcast Center at 1500ESPN.com. Here's the problem. Internally, they have to know this. They cannot judge Bridgewater until the offensive line is sound. I mean, we could talk all we want about, well, his arm doesn't appear to be this. He can't drive the ball downfield. He can't do this, can't do that. And as fans, excuse me, we, we can make these assessments left and right. But internally at Winter Park, they know last year that they did not give him time. And until they can give him sufficient time to prove himself, good or bad, you can't sign. I mean, you can't have him either get hurt, which would be worst case, but also if you keep giving him mediocre offensive lines, 
well, it's going to come time to negotiate his contract, and you're going to have an idea of who he is, but not, not a complete idea. To me, the offensive line is the most important thing because it at least has to be reliable, and that was the problem last year. It wasn't consistently reliable. But Their last multi-year deal for an outside offensive lineman, I believe, was Charlie Johnson. 2011 for somebody outside the organization outside yes yeah like a free agent hire yes. but that was obviously that august of that year when they kind of had to pull the trigger late but um yeah i guess you look at free, my question is yes yeah, is, is that can that be addressed in free agency you've got guys like uh, the two schwartz brothers uh, that are available uh mitchell i believe it would be the top one the tackle out of cleveland but i mean who, who else because you're not going to be there i don't expect them to be in any kind of a market for a big name along the offensive line. They bring in Vlad Dukasas. That's what they do. They bring in Mike Harris's. They bring in the kind of guys really on a prove-it deal and then try to retain them. I just I don't know if there's going to be a fix-it here in free agency besides keeping their own guys and hoping they can shuffle it together. Well, and I think as we saw this morning, the fix-it in free agency is expensive. I mean, when you oh, go yeah. a guy like Kalechi Osamele, if I'm saying that anywhere close to the correct pronunciation. Say it fast. It was good. K.O. Yeah, well, yeah just but getting it But you said it, it out. so fast that I bought it. And now we're now we're rehashing it. Like now that. now we have to sit here and rehash whether I got it right. If you would have just stayed with it, and I know, I know, but, no, it, but I'm giving you props. More about I'm it. giving you props because you said it so quickly that there's no way I can prove that you said it wrong. But we're still belaboring the points. That's the point <laughs> anyway. of the podcast. <laughs> this <laughs> is we're breaking everything down. We're breaking down Chopping pronunciations. Up. We're exactly right. He's going to Oakland. Who cares? You're never gonna have to pronounce his name again. That's actually probably true because the next time they play them will be four years down the road, and he'll he'll be, be gone by then probably. Probably. At any rate, guys like that I think are going to be so expensive in this market that, yeah, you may not want to go that way. And the the thing I guess I go back to with offensive linemen, I thought Mike Zimmer said something really interesting at the Combine. I I think it was – I had this long list of questions I had people filling in for me at the Combine that I sent and said, hey, ask him this. But he said something about Tony Sperano uh, in response to one of those questions that – I thought was really interesting. He talked about how Tony Sperano has a pretty specific idea of what he wants in a lineman. The guy that's whose name stuck out to me, Alex Boone from San Francisco, I would not be surprised to see his name come up simply because he's fairly affordable. Tony Sperano's had him before. He's a veteran. He's a right? guard. He's yeah. a veteran. He's not terribly old, but Left he's guard? at least – Yeah, he okay, could play so there. So, you know, I, I think that would be a guy that – and I, th- I say this without knowing – exactly what Tony Sperano thought of him it's possible he coached the guy and hated him and then what I'm saying is completely wrong certainly wouldn't be the first time but uh that's a guy that you know I I think some of these guys that they've dealt with in the past uh Luis Vasquez who just got released from Denver today was an old Norv Turner um guard in, in San Diego I mean and we've seen Norv Turner bring in a couple guys that he's worked with in the past Mike Harris being one of them I mean you know those guys that people have experience with already uh, are guys that maybe you take a look at in free agency. If you're looking for alignment, you have coaches in here now like Tony Sperano, like Pat Shermer that have a little bit of an idea of what they're looking for. And if you are going to go get into that market, maybe that's some of the names you look at. How much do you guys think uh, that Zimmer has a belief that uh, Tony Sperano will change this offensive line for the, for the good? I mean, Davidson was very highly regarded at one time, certainly, and I believe before Mike was hired as head coach, he tried to go to Atlanta to interview for a job and was blocked by Spielman from doing so. But do you guys think that Zimmer's belief is that while this offensive line certainly had components on players that that did not perform up to par last season, that he also thinks that coaching was an issue? 
Well, I think you have to when your first move out of the offseason right, is no, to can your yeah, But I'm just curious how goes. much he thinks the, that Sperano's presence is going to upgrade this offensive line. Well, well and look at how many names of the guys we've seen in the past seem like they're going to be back. I mean, Phil Lodeholt's going to be back. Matt Khalil, it seems like, is going to be back. I think they're still counting on John Sullivan. It's possible to go into the, the season with a lot of the same linemen they've had. If you're doing that when these guys are older than how old they were when they were good, you are, are. I mean, at that point, aren't you necessarily counting on a coach to come make them better or some kind of improvement from within? Yeah, common sense just says if they're going to roll with the same guys, that that's the change that they're hoping for. Is right. the coach? That's the only variable. Which to me, is yeah. dicey. Well, yeah, it absolutely is. I think right. the, the biggest question mark is not necessarily how is Tony Sperano as a coach. I think it's also can Phil Lodeholt be healthy? Can he be a starter? Can John Sullivan be healthy and be a starter? Or are you relying on the same pieces again in Mike Harris, Joe Berger, if, if Mike Harris comes back? Um, that That's the thing. Is I think a little luck, if you can get those guys healthy, that can go a long way because we know when they're healthy, John Sullivan's great and so can Phil Lodeholt. Um, but, yeah, you're putting that you're putting their eggs in that basket unless unless – 23rd overall they go for an offensive lineman that's that's a starter which i could uh, see them doing and making sense i don't know that they will do it though that's the interesting thing is they've got a theory it seems like that they can get linemen wide receivers which and i agree with part of that completely um but if i'm them i definitely take a long hard look at offensive line. They actually have, too. I, I was talking with a former uh, stats employee with them. Um, he worked with them for a few years at the Combine, and he was saying that they crunched the numbers, and that was one of their analytics things, was that they could draft O-linemen late. And that was something they really hang their hat on. And I'm sure Fusco drafting him late, Sullivan drafting him late, I'm sure those were draws to that kind of a pull for Rick to buy that. Um, but you wonder if that's changed now. Look at the guys they've drafted late now. I mean, two of the last four are on the team. You got rid of David Yankee, you got rid of Tyrus Thompson, TJ Clemmings was a train wreck. I mean, that's something where maybe they do break their mold and reach. At the same time, though, the guys they've drafted late have been just as good as the guys, or maybe better than the guys they drafted early. Yeah, Matt Khalil <laughs> and Phil Lodo, who was <laughs> yeah. a second round pick. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I get Phil that. Phil wasn't point. bad though. I mean, no. he's been around for no, quite he's been a while. Fine. Now, he was I a just, road grader at one time. Yeah, and he's Khalil's he's, he's one dimensional. But Khalil is uh, between. I mean, he's been hurt, and the knees are a problem. But his drop-off, too, uh, has been remarkable. Yeah. I mean, when you look at a guy who was a Pro Bowl player his rookie season, and you literally got done with his with Khalil's first year and said, this is a 15-year guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna the next time you're going to worry about Matt Khalil will, will be the contract that we should be talking about that he should have gotten last training camp. And now the reality is there's a very good chance that the Vikings are going to take this, absorb this cap hit, and that's going to be it for him here. We'll hope he works out, and then yeah. If, yeah, if he doesn't, then but that's man, it. left tackle's yeah. a dicey one too because that's yeah. one. If you in Spielman's shoes, there's certain positions: quarterback and left tackle. You hate swing and miss because that's usually an expensive swing and a miss. Well, and the thing to me is, I mean, we talk about drafting linemen late, but I mean, don't you feel like they're at a point now? And it, it's odd to be saying this, but don't you feel like they're at a point where they need to be thinking, we got to go for it now. I mean, to me, there's a couple of reasons, and I'm not saying the window is going to be closed in the next couple of years, but I think there's a couple of reasons why you look at it and say this window is reaching its peak in terms of how open it's going to be, at least from a financial perspective, because you have a 31-year-old running back who has a deal that is probably going to prompt some kind of a decision after this year. They're probably going to have to make a decision to either restructure him or let him go, and he's a 31-year-old running back. You can't count on that forever. You have a quarterback who is in the third year of a rookie deal, meaning you have a couple more years to 
take advantage of the fact that you're not paying him very much money and go spend on those other positions. So, and you have a defense now that is looking like it's pretty close to being elite. So, in and that my mind, going to earn a lot of money, right? Yeah. And when yeah. it gets to that point, when it gets to free agency, it certainly is. In my mind, whether they're going to do this or not remains to be seen. But I almost feel like you should be getting to a point where you say. Having all these draft picks is great. Accumulating all these things is great. Creating competition is is a good thing to do. Yep. But we need to be looking for guys that are quantifiable upgrades at key positions that can put us in position to win now. They are in uh, phase one and a half approximately of where Seattle was for for a while with Wilson, right? I mean, yeah. it's the same thing. Because now here's the here's the interesting dynamic post 2016 when it comes to the Vikings. The Peterson money you would figure is going to come free after that. So to your point, Andrew, how many of those defensive players can you uh, extend and sign off the fact he's gone? And then Bridgewater's going to come up. Maybe just Anthony Barr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Bridgewater's going to come up, and Peterson's going to be long gone by then. Yeah. So it's going to be – this team could be good for a very long time if they do things right financially. The question is how difficult is that dance? The, one, the place where I would give them an advantage, though – Rob Brzezinski, their cap guy, is really good at this stuff. Yes, he is. And so that's the one thing that I would say. The Vikings, when when it comes to uh, teams in this town and managing payrolls, which I know you guys are going to be shocked by this, but some teams here don't do it very well. And <coughs> it's a little wild. You can't really, you can't yeah. really <laughs> bitch and moan about the Vikings. Brzezinski, behind the scenes, has done a pretty damn good job. And every time we say, oh, they're in trouble with this or that, there's some type of weird deal that they pull off or that they get around. I mean, the Peterson contract technically should kill you, and it doesn't. So, good for them. Well, and they're in a position where, I mean, the quarterback thing certainly helps them look smarter. But, yeah, Rob Brzezinski does a very good job at that, and you could make the argument that they do a better job managing their financial situation than any of the other three teams in this town. And just to be clear, Rob Brzezinski is a guy on Wednesday who won't tell you it's Wednesday, so we're not saying this to be nice to him. <laughs> I mean, this guy is the most locked-down human being in the world, but he's just good at it. Yeah. And and he makes Spielman look good because the Vikings, and they've d- done this for quite a while, are very good at manipulating their situation cap-wise, and it helps. Well, guys, got anything else? I think that's about it for me. So I'm point. going offensive line. Safety, maybe a backup linebacker. Free agency? Yeah. Some linebacker depth potentially? Possibly. Vincent Ray, a guy from Cincinnati, could make sense. I I think the name that you brought up, though, Reggie Nelson, I think is going to end up making a a lot of sense. Yeah. it could. I mean, Georgia Loca seems like it probably could be one of those things where it gets too expensive. And guess who's going to – I saw at least a couple days ago the Lions like him. And you know the Lions – Here's some money. Just take our money. Well, they got that new GM. Calvin Johnson money came off now. Yeah, exactly. They do have the new GM from uh, New England, so maybe he won't toss too much money around. I bet he does. They're the Lions. Completely (laughs) jinxed. But at least, yeah. I Do what the Fords tell you to do. Safety, backup linebacker, maybe offensive line. Well, they got Audi Cole. I think they're set, right? And wide receivers are going to be an interesting one. I have no idea. In what free agency, there. there's no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, mean, I'm just saying yeah, how they fill that. Like if they go first round in the draft, which that's got to be. Fan of. Yeah, when you're talking the draft, isn't isn't that got to be it? Is O line or wide receiver? Who's I mean, your senior citizen now, Jarius Wright? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. so, right? It, well, it's going to be that's Stephon Diggs terrible is thing, but you're right. Second year, right? Yeah. Stephon Diggs will be going into a second year. Yep. Yeah, Jarius Wright. Jarius Wright and 
Patterson. But right now your Thielen. depth chart is Stefan Diggs and and Wright, and then yeah, well, you got to do something. Here's, something. here's my question too. There. Before we go, do you think there's any chance at Winter Park that they're at least curious to see if Patterson? Which I, by, by the way, I'm not buying this, but the curiosity of okay, do you suppose he's going to come back and actually be prepared? Because if that were to happen, boys, that changes the dynamic for next season huge. I don't believe it, and I won't believe it until I see it. The guy cannot the, run routes. The thing is, if, they won't see it until you I know. have to make the draft decisions. I know. So it's like, but if he came back, but it, man, if he came yeah. back and had a, a modicum of sense to route running, think about the difference that would make for this team. There are guys out there, too, that took a while. I think Roddy White was one of them, speaking of a guy who's available. It's certainly, I, no faith, but. I mean, with Patterson, it's certainly something to be curious about. Whether you rely on it, I think, is a step further I don't down think you that can. spectrum. No, not at all. I don't I think, think you can rely right. on it. But it certainly would, if he figures it out, boy, does it change the whole thing. But if I get to the first round of the draft and I still need offensive line help and receiver help, and I'm thinking to myself, where can I get guys in like the fifth round? I'm going receiver there. I'm not going – I'm filling my offensive line yes, needs. Yes, absolutely. I don't think un- – because it doesn't matter if you draft a receiver who's good if Bridgewater can't stand there and throw to him. It's not going to matter. Yeah, I, I mean, Mike agree. Wallace, Mike Wallace and Bridgewater didn't necessarily get on the same page. But how much of that was done by the fact too that we started the season thinking he's going to throw some deep routes to Mike Wallace? How many times last year did Bridgewater have the ability to stand there and survey the field? Yeah, it wasn't always the offensive line. You're right. Yeah, yeah I mean, there were there but at times were, it was too. There so. were times he had that opportunity. All right, guys, I want to thank you for checking us out at the Purple Podcast. Please download Podcast One, the app, and check out other sports podcasts on there. Fifteen hundred ESPN dot com, iTunes, SoundCloud. Thanks again. Ninety five percent of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because baby, there's no time like the present especially when it's Pad Thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, Pad Thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply.